Hey Warriors and welcome back to another episode of Warrior Within. I do hope you guys had a great week. Mine is still the same. Summer hotness and it's great just being stuck. But anyway, the whole idea is that it has allowed my wife and I to really have a lot of conversations and talk about what we have plans for the future of the church and the ministry. And at the same time, it has opened up some things about what we need to work on in ourselves. And it's just been good and bad, though it's not fun being stuck, you know, not being able to go out too much. And and it's all tiresome. And plus being stuck inside an apartment most of the time, it's kind of, well, boring. But at the same time, God has opened up doors, reaching up to different people for different things as they needed. And it's just been really neat to see. So th this week, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to talk about, but I think it's about time to maybe, it's been four years since what happened to my wife and I, to talk about a little bit on what what happened in a sense of what it's like for us today. But in a sense where I talk about what being betrayed has brought into for forgiveness. We know that being betrayed is hard to deal with mentally, emotionally, and even externally. It does affect us. Like it, it really affected my wife and I. 2019 and 2020 were hard, and plus, you know, COVID was going on, and we didn't know what was going to happen to us. We were in Maryland, and it was just we had to go through a lot of healing. And God knew that. And when we finally moved back to Colorado in 2020 as well, it was like going backwards. And we felt, was that all that that time in Connecticut was about was to go through all that just to be stuck again? And I remember when God finally reached out and he just said to me, are you willing to church plant? And I looked at him, of course, you know, just by sitting, looking up at heaven, just saying, what do you mean? I haven't been properly trained. I haven't had a mentor. I haven't, you know, like you saw what happened to us this last three and a half years. You know, why would you even be asking me that? And he's like, I didn't ask you about all those three years. I asked you about, are you willing? And I had to say yes, because, you know, I had a hope, a dream, I guess you could say, to be a pastor someday for a church. I didn't know how it was going to happen. But I can say that to that moment, I said yes. And like I've told people, you know, I told my wife, hey, I think I want us to plan a church. And she said, I, I'm not doing that. I, I don't want to be a pastor's wife like that. I'm not ready for that, blah, blah, And I said, okay. And then I went back to the Lord and I said, well, Lord. She doesn't want to do that. So what do I do now? And I remember about a week later, she comes back. She goes, okay, okay. I, I believe the Lord wants us to start a church together. And I said, okay, let's do this. And the journey from this point, that point on to then is still, it, you would think it would be just like one, two, three, come together and all. No, that's not how God works. And sometimes I have to keep being reminded because once again, I get tunnel vision, and that's why last week was a very important part of kind of what this week is a little bit on by dealing with the idea of what had happened to us. You see, when you become tunnel vision, you don't see God doing things around you. 
And sometimes with tunnel vision, you think you're seeing God doing things around you because you're forcing, or at least trying to force it to happen. Well, this is the same in light. And I know that betrayal is not the same for everybody and not everybody's gone through what I've gone through, but it's the same insight to what happened to us being betrayed and basically pushed out and by a person who was lying and by another person who wanted to get rid of me and by people who sided with those people for whatever reason they chose. And it felt like betrayal. You know, I've talked about this probably in 2020, maybe, maybe to the early 2021, but it was with a different heart, different frustration, different pain. And, you know, those six, seven months, my I was torn asunder inside my heart, my soul, my mind, my spirit, and it was hard. But the one thing that I had to learn is I had to learn to forgive. Let go of that hurt. Not forget it, because I learned a lot from that time. I learned a lot about people. And the one thing I will always tell people, just because they say they're a Christian, does not mean that they are a Christian. But they live. Just because they go to church does not mean they're going to be seeking out unity and love and and treating you with honor and respect whether you're a member or a pastor people who try to live that way according towards each other or like i should say a christian towards people who are causing division or aren't following the way of the lord who aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing you're you're living in a illusion you know, is, is our jobs as Christians to confront those issues that we see, not side with someone just because they've been a pastor for 15 something years or side with someone who just joined or someone who speaks louder. You're supposed to side with God. Because it wasn't just me who got hurt and betrayed during that time either. There's a lot of people that got hurt and betrayed. And, you know, even though we were seemed like, you know, from the outside, we got the brunt of it. My wife and I did get the fist in the face type of deal. The other people that also got hurt by it is because people focused on their selfish desires versus what God wanted. And the other thing I had to learn, because I can tell you this, I was like a lion inside during that time. And I really wanted to roar. I wanted to do that Aslan roar. Because we can see that there's corruption. We can see that there's the problem. You know, it doesn't matter. It's not because, you know, I'm a pastor or whatever. It was because the Holy Spirit was showing me and others what was going on he, he was revealing and those that took the blinders off could see it and those who didn't take the blinders off only saw what th that hey i i get taken care of by these people so why would i want to go against them and that was probably more what they were worried about or the money or their job 
You know, it's better that I lost mine versus a couple people losing theirs too in the process. You see, these are Christians and they chose what they chose to do. And I'm sure many of you have gone through similar stories and similar issues, whether it was at a church or family or some Christian group you are a part of. It happens. But we have to be reminded about something. And this is the other reminder that God gave me. Ephesians 6, 10 through 12. And I know it's about the whole armor of God area, but it's vital because these, these parts are parts of a lot of different things for our walk. But it says, finally, be strong in the Lord in the strength of his might. Put in the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against what? The schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. That is something that we have to get in our heads. And I will explain that in a second. That section. Do we? For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. But against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. There is evil out there. But we have to understand that there is evil schemes going on. Just because you're in a church does not mean that there's not evil schemes. There is evil spirits that will be around. There's demons involved. I saw plenty of them in a so-called Christian church. But the idea is those people that did wrong blinded they listened to their hearts they listened to the flesh desires they listened to the spirits that were involved and these are people i like to me knowing them i thought they were biblically strong but i've seen them get influenced by demonic oppression they weren't consumed or they weren't uh they did the demon wasn't entering them they were just controlled by the presence. And this reminded me uh, to a story that most of you probably don't know about, but uh, King David's son Absalom. If you want to go through it, there's it starts, I believe, in 2 Samuel 14. However, King David's son decided that he wanted to be king because he started listening to other people, the elders, the, you know, the the people, the land, even soldiers who were telling him he can do better than David, his dad. These are the whispers of the schemes of the devil. And he believed their thinking, their process. And they were so willing, or I should say he was so willing to take on the responsibility of trying to figure out a way to oust his dad. And you, you, you get to go through this whole process of seeing what cons- transpired, what, you know, people who you thought were loyal, weren't loyal, people who changed sides, people who were loyal to David, people who were loyal to Absalom. And you got to see the corruption all around. And this is King David, guys. This is King David and his son having this. Someone he loves. He cherishes felt that he can do better than his dad 
He wasn't being led by God to do this. And people who, even if they are walking with the Lord at a time, can still fall to the schemes of evil. They could still make bad choices. You and I make bad choices. We can fall into temptation. We can fall into any form of sin. No one is excused to become self-evident of themselves and self-glorifying themselves to a point where they remove God and they become king themselves. We've seen it over and over again with cults. People who are brought up in Christian families who suddenly are now cult leaders and they become so-called Jesus. Basically an antichrist. See, anybody can fall suit to their flesh. This is why it's so important to protect yourself with the armor of God. That's why in verse 11 it says, put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. So if you're not preparing your heart, your mind, your soul, and your spirit, and putting God first and putting on the full armor of God, guess what? You're going to fall into those schemes. You're going to fall into your desires. You're going to act like the world. And you're going to be like Absalom. And if you want to understand why I say you're going to be like Absalom, is because if you go to 2 Samuel 18, 9 through 15, you go to this part and you find out Absalom happened to meet servants of David. Absalom was riding on his mule. The mule went under the thick branches of the great oak. In other words, he's being chased and his head caught fast in the oak. And he was suspended between heaven and earth. In other words, his hair got caught in the trees and he had long hair. That's, that's what you learn about him. He had long hair, got caught in the trees. He was stuck hanging. And Joab was King David's commander who was sent to go find him, to capture him. Um, he's, he's the one that caught up, was chasing after him. And somebody told him, say, hey, you know, I saw him stuck in the trees. Yeah, his hair uh, is all tangled up and he can't do anything. And so we get to verse 12, but the man said to Joab, even if I felt in my hand the weight of a thousand pieces of silver, I would not reach out my hand against the king's son. For in our hearing, the king commanded you and Abishai and Itai for my sake, protect the young man Absalom. And then verse 13, on the other hand, if I had dealt treacherously against his life, and there is nothing hidden from the king, then you yourself would have stood aloof. Job said, I will not waste time like this with you. And he took three javelins in his hand and thrust them into the heart of Absalom while he was still alive in the oak. And ten young men, Job's armor bearers, surrounded Absalom and struck him and killed him. So my point in this is you're going to have times where you're frustrated and, and don't understand why things are happening as they do because of what people have done to you. However, God will deal with them. God will deal with them. And as we could see, Absalom had his demise. This was basically the punishment that he came for trying to betray his dad, the king that God had chosen. And even though it wasn't David himself, 
it still happened. However, I don't think people are going to get hung up by the tree and stabbed in the heart by three javelins and then stabbed by a bunch of people. However, for a time, they may look like everything is going well for them, and there will be a time where God's going to confront them. It may not be here on earth, it may be in heaven. And it may not be, you know, in the near future that you were kind of hoping for, or the instant gratification of God jumping in and doing something. But there will be a time. And we may never know about it. We're going to take a quick break here. And we're going to have that commercial like we always do. And then we'll continue. So now we continue. When people chase after what they want, it can only lead them to death, basically. It may not be the physical one, like Absalom. That will only be something for a moment in their time. So in other words, their glory that they have put on themselves will be seen by everybody. And it'll be noticed on here on earth. However, it's a worldly praise that can only be felt by those blinded by your glory and not God's. Because remember, they took their eyes off God because they wanted to be, I guess, the notice, the, the top one or the one that everybody would want to be around. And when we try to handle things in our own way, because like, you know that in those moments when people are hurting you, the, the instinct that we all want to run to is responding. Either by being harder or harsher than what they would have done. You know, like, hey, they hit me in the stomach, so I punch them in the face and kick them in the legs. You know, they stole my food, so I go and steal their car. Like, we want to do, we want to up what they have done because we want to believe that's how things should be dealt with because we want things to be, and we love this word, fair. You hurt me, I hurt you more. Not even, but in our minds, what's fair. And when we're doing that, we're falling into the trap of the scheme that the enemy has been using. Because remember, you know, Satan and all of his followers, their goal is to destroy you. And what is better than destroying your character, feeding that anger inside and making you into the villain you thought you were fighting against? So two stories. One is basically the time when the wolf was going after me. She used every chance and opportunity that she could possibly do to try to coax me, to get in her face, to threaten her, to try to hurt her family. You know, she was doing everything possible to try to make me turn into the villain that she had, that she was in secret, so that I would be the villain, so people would go against me. However, it never worked. She tried so many different like methods. She tried to use people against me, and I would harshly respond to those people because it was ridiculous how they were asking me these things when it was really her coaxing them to do so. One example 
I remember in the men's group, and I remember I was a, a youth leader, and in the men's group that we had going on, I had one of the older guys come to me, and he said, you know, I kind of noticed I haven't seen any any kids around. And I was like, oh, yeah, I mean, you haven't seen a lot of the little kids anymore? Yeah, I noticed that we've kind of went from 40 children to, like, I don't know, 10, 12. He's like, no. He goes, I meant your kids. And I, I kind of looked at him funny. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, I kind of noticed you don't have any youth showing up. And I said, what are you talking about? The youth are showing up every Sunday. And they come to youth group every Saturday. So what are you talking about? And he goes, oh. Well, I was told that, you know, you're not having a youth coming. Red flag. I didn't know it at the time, but now I know now. She was in the back telling them that I was losing kids when in reality, she lost almost 40 children that we had showing up on Sundays and throughout the week from her program that she destroyed. The kids I did lose was because she destroyed the family connection through the children's ministry and in return destroyed also me losing a couple kids. You see, that's enemy schemes working around you for people who call themselves Christians doesn't mean that they're Christian when they do things. We still can make mistakes. You and I can make mistakes. We can fall into these type of traps. That's story one, because the idea is that I wanted to respond. I wanted to say something, but God you know, said to me, he goes, I will fight the battle. You just minister. That's what he had me do. And so that's what I followed. I did get to speak up finally at one point, but she started getting in my face trying to say it was, I'm the problem. I need to go. And you need, you know, it's not my problem. It's, you know, you're the problem when she tried to do that to me. I did speak up finally. And that's when her, you know, her, uh, her boss, because he was definitely not being mine, uh, defended her instead of defending me, uh, because his goal was to get rid of me. And he wanted to find a way and used, allowed her to do whatever she could to try to get rid of me. Doesn't mean I don't think he was not involved. I think he was. Um, however, the thing is, I had to learn to forgive them. I had to learn to forgive them. And it was hard. Because what they did, you know, normal person wouldn't forgive. But I had to forgive them. Second story that I remember is we got to be really, really, really careful when we start wanting to fight against the evil out there. That we... Do not become the bully ourselves. We don't become the villains. Because the story comes from Avengers and Odyssey. It was a story I remember um, quite fondly because it was one that did kind of impact me. But there was you know, a bully who was bullying another kid. And this other kid decided to step in and told the bully, you know, stop. And the bully is like, okay. He's like, you're going to get in my face. Then meet me in a couple of days at noon. We're going to have a fist fight. And he's like, I don't want to do that. And then so he spent like, you know, the next day freaking out, you know, telling his mom, you know, I'm sorry and remember me. And she's like, what's going on? He goes, oh, nothing. And he was becoming like terrified. The day comes where he 
he gets there in time. The bully's not there. He's like, oh, I guess he forgot. And then suddenly the bully shows up. And then he's like, okay, you know, uh, he's like, it's time to fight. And he goes, I don't want to. And blah blah blah. And then he just starts wailing his hands in the in the in the bully's face because the bully's coming at him. And he hit him in the nose and made his nose bleed. And then the the you know the bully got kicked out or he left, and he went to tell his dad. And so he was like, oh, I, I won that fight. And his friend goes, well, it looked like a lucky punch to me. And he goes, well, it wasn't a lucky punch. And so what started happening is that people were, like, calling him Magnificent Mike. Yeah, you see, like, he started getting glorified, right? And so he started taking on that persona of being Magnificent Mike. That meant nobody would mess with me. To the point where when people were by mistakenly running into him, he was getting angry and getting in their face and reminding them, you remember what I did? I'm the one who beat the so-and-so. I'm Magnificent Mike. And they were like, oh, I'm so sorry. To the point where even his friend was like, you know, you've changed. You're not who you were anymore. You're not the hero, basically. You're the villain. This is where we have to be really careful because if we don't give God the glory, if we don't follow God's ways, we start following our own ways because of the glory that we receive from people. We're going to miss out. We're going to lose the focus and we're going to run right into exactly what we didn't want to be in the first place. So sometimes you may have to go through these hard times and struggles and battles that are going on around you. And you just got to basically minister, lead, be the example, be the salt and light, walk with the Lord. And in other times he may remove you. He may deliver you from these, these situations, but <clears throat> like he did for me, not what I expected and not how I expected him to deal with it. Because his goal is to teach you, train you, mentor you, and prepare you for whatever path he really does have. But he needed you there for a time. He needed you to start a fire in people that needed the fire started and who were willing to listen. So you never know, even if you move somewhere, excuse me, thinking you're going exactly where you're supposed to be. But you tunnel vision so heavily that God is trying to show you another direction. He just needed you there for a time. Because in Romans 12, 19 to 21, you know, when we are dealing with people that we are wanting to deal with because of the wrongdoings they've done, this is what he says in Matthew, or excuse me, Romans. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. You see, that's why it's important seek God out through all this situation. When you're being betrayed, seek God's guidance. You want to retaliate? Let God lead. Let him fight the battle for you. You do what you're supposed to be doing. 
you're having a hard time at work, you're having a hard time at school, you're having a hard time at, you know, <clears throat> some event that you're part of where there's those people around you who you know that they're not wanting the best for you, you allow God to have it. Let him fight that battle. You fight the battles that you're supposed to be fighting, protecting your family, protecting, you know, your your integrity would be a good way of looking at it. Um, protecting the walk that you have created, your character. Because honoring God will allow a way to be able to be faithful, continuing with him, to see trust in God, and to walk the walk as you should. Because if we act like the world, we will be overcome by evil. If we start res <clears throat> responding in the way that um, the, the world would respond in a situation... We will start looking and acting just like what we don't want to be. We will throw the punch instead of allowing God to deal with it. Because remember, they have their own stories. They have things that may have happened to them. But they are responsible for the choices that they have made to hurt, lie, or cheat towards you or to anybody. Because they have lost their direction. And just because they say they're a Christian and, and they're doing this doesn't mean that it's okay for what they have done they're not following the ways of the lord they're doing whatever it is that they want to do because that's what they want to do you know and they will hurt people but also remember that there's an enemy that's all going all around trying to find who that he can devour destroy because you and I were sinners. We made big mistakes. We made bad choices. We've hurt others. But yet he gave us grace and, and, and a, a redemptive story to allow us to repent and come back just like how he did when we got saved. When we were sinners... We deserve the death that would come to us. However, at the end, when, or I should say, as we accepted his son for what he did, he gave us grace and mercy. And we know that at the end of what happened to Absalom, if we go to Second Samuel 18, 31 through 33, they came to David and told him what happened to his son. And we go to verse 33 and, you know, their eyes, they saw the enemy was taken care of by God, that he, that King David was protected, that God dealt justly to those that were trying to do wrong to him. But we go to verse 33 and the king was deeply moved and went up to his chamber over the gate and wept. And as he wept, he said, oh, my son, Absalom, my son, my son, Absalom. Would I had died instead of you, O oh, Absalom, my son, my son. See, if we turn this around, how many times have you and I betrayed God? And he goes and grieves because we committed every sin that we have committed whether 
We repented or not. How many times have we betrayed him? And he showed grace. But we didn't show that same grace to other people who have hurt us. We weren't willing to forgive them. But yet, God was sitting there like the prodigal son's dad, arms wide open, as his son ran to him. And he hugged him and said, welcome home. We need to understand that even though people have done evil to us and betrayed us and hurt us, and people who stood blind on purpose, out of fear, out of didn't want, didn't want to be rejected like I was, whatever it may be, or whatever happened to you, God is there waiting for us to come home. And those that hurt me, I hope that you have repented. I hope that you will find redemption. I hope that you will stop glorifying yourself and start glorifying the Lord again. Why? Because he has a plan for you. And if you're willing to repent from what you have done, he will honor that. And he will put you back on the path he had planned in the first place. Let's pray. Definitely, Father, thank you for this time. I ask that you move the men here today, that you allow them to be able to forgive those who have hurt them. That they'll be able to let go, not forgetting, but letting go so that they may move forward and be able to do what it is, what it is that you have planned for them. Because if they're holding on to that hurt and pain, they're not going to be able to see you doing things. They're only going to see the hurt and pain. And if there's some guys out there who think I got to do the tit for tat type of deal, help them to stop. Because they're being like the world and reacting like the world, not reacting as you have commanded us to act. I pray that you start changing hearts today, that you start seeing men get down on their knees and just repenting of their anger towards another person that they don't have to hold on to anymore. That they, they give you the hurt and pain that they have so that they could focus on being leaders and and fathers and husbands as they should be. Those who are not married, just to help them to be better Christian leaders out there that we need. We don't have to do the tit for tat because otherwise we all deserve to go to hell. Let us show grace. Let us... Pray for redemptive stories from people. Let's pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You all have a good week. God bless, and I will see you next time.